Welcome to day one of the I Am Talk 2012 Kona Super Specials with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. Righty guys, welcome along to the IM Talk Kona Super Special Day 1! It's good to be back. John, we're back in the hood and it is rocking and rolling, isn't it? It is, ro- well, it's not rocking and rolling like Christchurch rocks and rolls, but no. it's still good to be here. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, so we arrived, oh, well, let's, before we start, IM Talk Kona Super Special, this is our third Kona Super Special ever, isn't it? We're, 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 we're on a hat trick. I know, we're becoming an institution here. Oh, mate, we walked down the street, we, was, we couldn't even walk, it was like, it was paparazzi everywhere. They changed the planes on the way over, they even put us on a Qantas plane. Which was disappointing because they didn't have the entertainment units. It <laughs> <laughs> broke my heart. Luckily, John had some sleeping pills, so that worked really well. Yeah. Anyway, um, the Kona Super Specials are proudly brought to you by? The Listeners. Oh, nice bird, John. Nice bird. You went to the listeners first. And, and we have to say this, and we'll say this every show. For those of you who are listening right now, who donated to the show throughout this year, you are the people who got us here. And, you know, a lot of people wouldn't have donated, so you really have to kind of pat yourself on the back because even today we've got some pretty cool interviews. And over the next kind of four or five, six days, you're going to get lots and lots of great content. And it really happens because the people with their own hard-earned money actually put the money out there and got us over here. So thank you so much to the listeners, first of all. And our main two sponsors while we're here are Ken Glass Endurance Sport Travel. If you're... Uh, if you're looking, yeah. ever looking for a race which is sold out, and I've just recently had an athlete that's that's done this. He wanted to get into Ironman Germany. The guys at Endurance Sport Travel bulk buy bulk, bulk buy entries into races, so you obviously take a package with them. They do an awesome job. We'll talk a lot more during the week about what they do, but uh, they've got a big crew over here. And uh, if you want to go to a race, want the family experience, they'll look you up. And if you, if you want to go to a race and you don't want to think about stuff, mm. and someone else does the thinking for you, there's something in there that's quite good for a race. And our other main sponsor while we're here is Manulani Bay Resort and Hotel. And Bevan is going to get the Manulani experience tomorrow. We're popping down there for dinner to do a few interviews. And uh, it's a top-notch space, and we're going to be talking a bit more about that. But it's uh, a really good place to train. They've got a, a nice swimming pool there, a 25-meter swimming pool. You can go swimming in the sea. The riding from there is really good. And uh, if you're looking at coming over for the 70.3 or for any of my Epic Camp Kona um, camps, any time in the future then uh, that is the place to stay so Manolani thank you as well I'm going to have a quick bit of love to Lava Java we're off there for, um, for an interview and some dinner later on and then we've got O2 who've made us some cool t-shirts you'll see some pics with those do we get we got a pick with Andrew yep yeah, we'll talk yeah, we about picks Audio Audio Technica now this gear is amazing and, and I'll tell you what a lot of you guys out there own businesses and you have conference rooms and all that kind of stuff if you're looking into that gear get onto Audio Technica because they've got really great gear and, and you guys would notice over the last 18 months how their show sounds better because of these guys so um, Audio Technica thanks Greg Hall you rock you do rock Greg nice work ok so so we pretty much let's give a bit of our first day wrap up John so John and I got on the plane and we flew over from Christchurch Sydney about, about three and a half hours bit yep. of a layover Couldn't in Sydney Burger King we had to have what do we have? A pretty crappy meal at the airport did, in Sydney. Yeah, Sydney yeah. Airport. Weak, weak effort on the food court. It was it? a weak effort, wasn't it? It was. Oh, disappointing. Disappointing. And then we headed over to Honolulu. Another about another nine and a half hours. Yeah, I think good it was. flight when you got sleeping pills. Yeah, yeah. Love <laughs> that. Yeah. Got I read Tyler Hamilton's whole book. Yes, nice. When I was asleep, talk it was amazing. A, talk a bit about that during the week. Mm, interesting. And then we had a quick uh, transit in Honolulu. Jumped on the plane. 
40-minute flight over to Kona? And we arrived pretty much straight away and we were straight into our work. So it's only actually 3 o'clock in the afternoon here and we've already got enough for a whole show for today. So we're going to put out today's show. And we basically arrived and we went straight along to the New Zealand... It's basically basically New Zealand team breakfast. If you qualified for Kona... um, most of the people qualified at Ironman New Zealand. Basically, any, any Kiwis that are racing get invited along. Don't know if any other countries do this, it's but it's really awesome. cool. Yeah. So you basically t- you rock up, um, have breakfast. Um, Ironman New Zealand, you know, foot the bill for all this. Then they present all the Kiwis with um, three two times your top a, a, a and nice, hat. Nice two times your top. And Cam Brown presents that to everybody. Um, Cam Brown does it does a talk, and uh, it's just a general get together because that's the big difference between coming to an Ironman World Championship or a WTC World championship event you're there as an individual versus ITU you're there as a country and you have lots of team stuff going on so this is New Zealand's one way to make it feel like you have that team thing going on and it's it's a brilliant move by them so yeah, it's really great. and while we were there we caught an interview of Cam Brown and uh, Jamie Hunt who you'll hear about at the time and then Andrew Messick was also there at the same time so we grabbed the opportunity to sit down and have a bit of talk to him for about 20 minutes so that mm. was kind of cool and then we rocked on what did we do after that uh, and then we rocked on we went down to see Leander Cave Yep. and uh, had a good good old chin wag with her. And when we good went, interview with her, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting stuff about the Olympics, eh? Yeah. yeah. And then while we were there, we saw uh, Dirk Bockel, so we just gra- just nabbed him. And there's and some big news, which I'm sure a lot of you have heard about, but he's broken his hand, which wasn't, you yeah. know, we didn't even know that. We just saw him, this guy with a broken hand, poor yeah. bugger. And uh, he's, you'll hear in the interview, he's definitely going through some mental challenges right now. And before we came over, we did an uh, interview with Marinda Carfrey, mm. and we're going to be put, putting that in there as well. So plenty so, to look forward to. One thing on the Cam Brown and Andrew Mystic interview, we weren't really ready to do interviews, and we've got this old crappy recorder which we used about four years ago, yeah. and we just thought, oh, we need something, and I hadn't really prepared the audio for recording, so the sound quality isn't the greatest on that. Like the quality is fine, but occasionally I had the mic too close to their mouth, and there's a bit of a kind of a an noise that can be a little bit annoying. It's not too bad, but it does come up. So sorry about that. But the rest of it, we're using an audio technica, and it sounds fantastic. Awesome. So you want to get straight into the interviews? Yeah, so first up we're going to put on Marinda Carfrey, who we recorded, she's down at the Manalani. Um she comes over a couple of weeks before the race uh, to, to sort of acclimatise, always stays there, awesome place, and uh, here's Marinda. And we're just going to, just to let you know, we're going to, just going to go from interview to interview to interview to the end of the show. And just one thing before I put Rennie on, um, spread the word about what we're doing over here, you know, let people know that, you know, because we get so much feedback every year from how you guys love the work that we do here and how we kind of show a deeper experience of what Kona is about and uh, if you can do us a favour just if you're enjoying what we're doing we're over here put on your Facebook let your friends know about it and spread the word I'll post a little sort of press releasey type thing each day Bevan that's gonna, I'm going to take some That's responsibility here I'll put, put put it up on Facebook and you can uh, and, and you can just share that and spread the love okay here we go Righty ho, reporting in from the Manalani Bay Hotel, the luxurious pad that it is <laughs> lucky for some eh we have uh, Marinda Carfrey welcome along Marinda Thanks, guys. Must be pretty good to be back in Kona at the Manalani. I had my first Manalani experience this year. It's, it's not bad. It is. It's not bad at all, yeah. I got in uh, yesterday afternoon and Boulder was sort of starting to get cold, so it's nice to get out to Hawaii where it's warm and and sunny and, yeah, the, the, uh, the Manalani um, accommodations really can't be beat. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We will be there on Wednesday of race week, checking it all out. But Marinda, you know, last year um, second at Ironman um, with two fifty two marathon coming off coming off a um, animal a, a win in two thousand and ten. I mean, um, we know sometimes you know you're, you're looking for that 
perfect performance and sometimes that means a win, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, what were your sort of feelings about the race last year when you when you crossed the line? <clears throat> you know, I was actually pretty surprised with my performance last year. Um, the, like, the year was kind of really tough for me last year. Coming off the win in 2010, I had a lot more obligations and a lot you know, busier schedule in general. So my training sometimes took a little bit of a backseat and going into Kona, I was pretty nervous, um, to be honest, as to what, you know, what I'd be able to, how I'd be able to perform on race day. And, um, yeah, that performance, I mean, I think, you know, looking back at it now, you kind of think, man, if, if I'd trained, my training was perfect and maybe I could have ridden a little bit faster. I'm sure I could have ridden faster because I think it was a much faster year and, the year before, I, I rode exactly the same time on the bike. So, mm. but I mean, to to run a two fifty two, uh, I thought I ran great the year before with a a two fifty three, yeah. uh, and I I really didn't think I was in shape to run any faster than that. So, yeah, I mean, I've got to be happy with that. So going a little bit faster than the year before, and coming off a year where you know I really didn't know if I'd be in in top form. For the race. Rene, you girls have really stepped up the speed in the run over the last few years. It's, you, you're going phenomenally fast. Do you think you've got, you're at a mark now that's going to sit there for a period or do you, do you still see more speed coming along for, you know, for the likes of yourself and some of the faster runners? Yeah, I mean, I think it'll, I don't think it's going to chip away quickly. I think uh, the time will continue to come down slowly. I mean, you know, as you said, the girls have really stepped up their game in the run. It's not just myself, um, Chrissy was obviously running super fast, Kate Snow. Um, there's a couple of other girls that are running, you know, under three hours or should be running under three hours here. So, mm. um, yeah, I mean, I think once, you know, it's like anything, you know, once one person you know, hits a certain time, then everybody believes that, you know, maybe that's the time to beat and, and they start to train to sort of to run those sort of times and that's where you get, um, you know, such competitive races and that's when the time starts to come down. So, I mean, I don't think – I think we can run under 250, um, but I'm not sure when that's going to happen. I think uh, in the next few years, somebody will run under 250 here in Kona. Wow. That's it's, amazing. It's hey? <laughs> and especially because the boys haven't quite got that sub 240 yet. You know, no. if a girl beats some guy to a two, sub 250, that would be pretty – go the chicks. Go the top 10. <laughs> go the top 10 for the first girl. Um, <laughs> how about this year? You know, um, when I, I was scanning through some of your results, you know, you had a third in Melbourne. Um, I saw some sort of up and down results at 70.3s and stuff. Tell us a bit about um, how this year has been for you. Yeah, I think as as you said, um, you've read my results pretty well. It's been sort of a mixed bag for me. Um, started off a little slow in Melbourne uh, with third. I really wanted to race well there and, and just didn't have the form for, um, I guess, a, basically what was a world championship event in, in March. So, uh, yeah, sort of uh, still happy to be on the podium there and then came over to the US and um, got sick, um, mm. as you do after racing an Ironman and um, mm. still tried to race a couple of – 70.3s and they went okay but um i think my best race of the year so far was probably quasi the the mm-hmm. rev three half iron man which was in june mm-hmm. um, where i raced a bunch of the sort of 70.3 superstars and, and raced really well against them there so good. that was a good race and then um then i hit uh, lake stevens 70.3 and uh, i won that one there was not much competition there but uh, i felt that i i'd had a pretty good race there as well so yeah, I mean, 
yeah, the, the race schedule or the race results, sorry, have been sort of up and down, but I feel like my training's sort of going in the right direction, or at least it seems to be. Um, it's definitely been a lot different this year without Siri um, and, and working with Matt. He's more of an advisor, so I'm probably a lot more in the driver's seat of my program that I've, that I've ever been before. Um, I was going to ask you about that in terms of your coaching. I wasn't sure what you were doing this year, and and um, and when you get to your level, what your sort of expectations are around a coach. You know, did you? So now, are you sort of saying this is what I want to do, and he's sort of bouncing ideas back to you? Is, is it Matt Dixon, or who, who are you working with? Um, working with Matt Steinmetz. Um, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. And and so, yeah. how does that sort of work for you? Well, uh, I I guess. He was just a really good fit because, you know, he's based in Boulder and he sort of oversaw all of Crowey's um, training over the last couple of years when he's transformed into a great cyclist and mm. also has worked with, you know, the great Julie Dibbon. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, he knows his stuff when it comes to bike training and um, and that's, you know, the area where I need to improve if I want to continue to be successful at this distance. So, um, yeah, I, I sort of went to him and he basically writes my cycling program and then I um, still do my own run program and, and swim program. So cool. it's sort of, yeah, I mean, we go back and forth and, and it is more of an advisory role than um, a, com- a complete coaching role. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, it's been great to have him on site in Boulder and, and at, my, you know, my key bike sessions. I think that's really invaluable when you're really trying to, you know, work on your technique and work on, you know, the way you're cycling. How do you find doing the stuff for yourself while you swim and you run? Because, you know, for a lot of athletes, it is nice just to have someone else, you know, who knows what they're saying. And I know you're the highest level, but just to kind of say, okay, here's what you could do today. Are you finding you're, you're feeling more liberated by having the freedom or do you get a little bit lost? Well, I think um, I'm basically following a similar, similar formula to what I did with um, Siri for the past sort of three years uh, leading into Kona. So, my, I mean, my run training over those three years was very similar. Um, I mean, it's, you know, repeat, 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 and isn't, isn't that what Sato says all the time? Um, yeah. it's, it's not rocket science. So, you know, I think for the most part it's been pretty black and white as to what I need to do, but you're right, it, it, you know, it was easier, much easier when I had Siri basically writing the program from top to bottom and saying what I do, when and how. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been a, a bit of an adjustment, um, and you know, it remains to be seen whether it's a, a positive one or maybe, maybe not. So, so looking, looking to this year, you know, in terms of the race, um, <clears throat> what, what expectations, you know, what are you hoping to go out there and do and, and, and perhaps do you worry about the other competitors or are you totally just focused on your race? <clears throat> You know, um, <clears throat> I'd be lying if I said I wasn't, you know, thinking about some of the other competitors. You've got to try and focus on yourself, obviously, for the most part. But, you know, you've got to also realize that, you know, you're racing against, you know, other competitors who have strengths and weaknesses in different areas. So you need to, you know, race the race. Um, but that being said, I mean, I still sort of go out there and and try and do the best I can. Um and hopefully improve on on last year's performance. That's that's sort of what I always tell myself before the race. I just want to become a better athlete every year. And you know, I say this all the time, but uh, that really is the bottom line for me. I'd love to win another title. I I think I'm in I'm I'm in good shape and I've done the work. But uh, yeah, I mean, 
you know, race day is race day, and, and this race can things funny things can always happen. You know, we, we often talk to Mecca, and Mecca always talks about the game that he plays throughout the year to kind of, you know, when he won it a couple of years ago, and he kind of really manipulated the field to his advantage. And <laughs> you know, do we find that much in the female side of the racing? You know, like it seems like in the male side, there's definitely guys who will look at a crow and go, "Well, how do we, as a bunch of guys, give ourselves an opportunity to get Crowy out of the race?" You know, like with with girls, you find that there are girls who may be trying to work against you because they know that you're such a strong runner or do you, is it not really happening in the girls side of things you know i'm sure i'm sure uh you know it, it will start to happen more and more in the women's racing it hasn't so much in the past uh but now that we're you know starting five minutes behind the men we have our own race and i think this year in particular there will be a front pack you know you've got the likes of you know, Joyce, Cave, um, Kessler, Amy Marsh, Mary Beth Ellis, they're five girls already who um, will probably swim the same time and they'll get out and, and they're all around the same sort of level on the bike as well. So I think, you know, in the past we've really only seen groups of maybe two or three, um, but I think that there will be, you know, a front group of five or six, which will be a, definitely a very different dynamic than we've ever had before in the women's race. Mm. And, you know, I'm sure that they're up the front trying to work their butts off to make sure that they have, you know, a little bit of time up their sleeve coming off onto the run. So, yeah, I mean, but, I mean, it's not like we don't have a macker in the women's field yet. Um, <laughs> There's an opportunity for you. A few bitch slaps. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, yeah. In terms of um, what, the, the guys' race, you, you know, um, you've obviously got the inside – going it's on of Tim O'Donnell how's his sort of shape and and do you expect any surprises in the guys race you know you I think uh yeah Tim Tim's in great shape he's had a fantastic year and he's he's done some great training he's in much better place than he was at this time last year so I think yeah he's definitely going to be up there and in the mix it's just a matter of whether he can run a fast enough marathon off that bike in in the heat which you know I think he can but Again, really, it's his first year racing since last year. He was sick and he really wasn't able to properly do the race. So I think his race is going to be – I think he's going to do great, but you know, I don't want to jinx him. And um, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I think, uh, you know, Andy Raylett's certainly going to be tough to beat. He's um, He's come so close the last couple of years and just not been able to finish off. So I think, you know, he's certainly very hungry and he's had a pretty good build-up, I think. Um, Crowey's Crowey. I'd never bet against that guy. Um, tough mm. as nails. And might be his last year here. You know, I'm not 100% sure on that. But, you know, I know he's having a third child pretty pretty <sighs> soon. So, um, Game yeah, over. Game over. <laughs> Give up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm sure he'll be leaving it all out there, you know, in case it is his, his last go around. So... Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got some other people like Greg Bennett. I mean, I don't – he could completely crumble or he could be in the mix too. And, and then, you know, the ever-present Europeans, uh, Marino and and a couple other guys that will be there, I think. Uh, and I haven't mentioned Mackie yet either. So you throw Macker in and you, you never know what will happen. Mm. With the Melbourne race, I'm just curious. You know, you, you, you know, do you, how did you find the Melbourne race being? Uh, you probably had enough time after Kona to kind of recover and retrain for it again. Or did you find that? It was a little bit too close to really take Melbourne serious after Kona. Yeah, you know, I think um, it was my first race of the season, so it was my first race after Kona, and the girls 
that did well there, both Carolyn and Rachel had raced Abu Dhabi, which I thought might have played against them, but it seems that, you know, they both performed fantastically well three weeks after Abu Dhabi, and I think uh, I probably needed a race, um, an, an earlier race, uh, like just to, to get me back in the game sort of thing after mm-hmm. sort of six months of, of not racing. Um, and also, I mean, I changed my position on the bike dramatically. Uh, also was riding, you know, 155 cranks. I was trying super short cranks and, uh, and you know, all of those things, you know, trying different things uh, for, for an Ironman that, you know, didn't matter as much as, as Kona um, just to see, you know, where I could make improvements and what would work and what wouldn't work. And, you know, turns out that shorter cranks don't work for me because <laughs> I've I pretty much got spanked on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Greg. So, so yeah. Ma- Melbourne was um, WTC's sort of attempt to try to get these regional races going. And it, this has been year two, year two I think. No, year one for Melbourne. Yeah, but it's year two for the, for the new qualifying yeah, okay, yeah. system. Yeah, what's the feel, well, What's your feeling, and what do you get the general feeling amongst the pros as to the direction they're going with um, the the major races, and and just the general direction they're going with with the pro athletes? Because from the outside, it seems like they're they're doing a better job. But I'd be interested to know what the pros are thinking. Yeah, I think um, I think their intentions are very good. I think they're they're building the sport, and those regional cha- championship races give um, more opportunity for. Um, for you know great racing at the top level with mm-hmm. um hopefully more media coverage coverage as well the issue i have with it is that it's, we're, we're being spread pretty thin um so you look at the the women's um points ranking and it's pretty tough to make the cut for kona i mean i'm i'm lucky in that you know i really don't have to be in the points ranking i just have to finish my ironman and um and I'm qualified for Kona, whereas, you know, you have a lot of other girls having to go out and hunt for points and really race hard throughout the year over Ironman distance. And, I mean, for me, I'm going to take advantage of the system next year. I'm going to do an Ironman at the end of this year and probably walk the marathon and have my Ironman completed so that I don't have to worry about it next year and I can get back to racing. You know, the sh- you know I love racing, and I think, you know, when you put another Ironman in your schedule, for me, I mean, some athletes love racing multiple Ironmans in a year, but, you know, I'd love to be able to just race Kona and then go and do my short course racing and Olympic distance racing, but you put another Ironman in your schedule and, and it really makes it tough to try, try to, you know, properly, pre- properly prepare for it and then secondly, obviously, recover and then try and get your speed back to go and race against the short course athletes. It's, you know, it doesn't leave much time in the year to, to really get in the, you know, the, well, I, you know, the races I love, which are, you know, some of the Olympic distance races and some of the classic 70.3s like St. Croix and um, all those. So, I mean, I think it's, I think it needs to be tweaked, um, but I think they're trying to do the right thing by us. Hmm. Right now, I'm curious. I'll, I'll look forward to seeing you walking in that marathon. I don't think you've got the <laughs> I totally understand people jogging, but I'll, I'll be interested to follow that one. <laughs> it's a long walk. So you know, you've been working with Matt on the bike, and you know, hopefully, it's been making improvements, and I'm sure it has, because you know, as you say, you, you know, Crowe's ride last year was one of the best ever, really. And so, I'm curious to see is your running going a lot better because your bike's improving? Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably a question mark that I I ask myself as well. I I feel like you know, in training, my run is 
about the same as it has been the last couple of years. It, the sessions have been going along around the same, but um, yeah, I mean, I've put a lot more energy into the bike this year and maybe a little bit less into the run. So will that, you know, A, hopefully improve my run because I won't be as tired coming off the bike or B, will it mean that I'm not as, um, not running as well because uh, I haven't put as much work or energy into the run this year. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not sure it'll be, you know, it'll be a surprise for me on race day. <laughs> Hopefully a good one. Two weeks today, we're going to be on the Queen K Biv and watching Ready Run Pass. Actually, almost at exactly this time. Um, I'm, uh, is it two weeks today? Is it two wow. weeks today? Um, I'm curious. You know, you've arrived in Kona um, about two weeks before the race, and um, this won't. This show won't be going out until Tuesday of race week. So, yeah. if you tell any secrets, people aren't going to find out between now and then. Yep. But, but do you do any key sessions? You know, since you've arrived, is there any any more long sessions left that you'll do in Kona um, two weeks out, or, or you know, ten days? out yeah you know I always come in the Friday so that I can do a decent weekend of training today I rode five hours with some quality and tomorrow I'll run two hours um and then yeah I mean there's definitely still some key sessions left with two weeks to go but for the most part obviously the works was done a month ago just about um so yeah there's kind of some quality or or tune-up sessions that need to be done after that but you know I always come in this far out so that I can have a decent weekend of training in the heat um, to help sort of adjust to the temperature quickly. And lie by the pool at the Manalani. There you go. Hey, I'm, I'm curious um, in regards, you know, like for a lot of people we're both, listening. We're both curious. Well, well, we're, we're curious characters, mate. That's what we did show. But no, I'm curious around... You know, for a lot of us, us age groupers and the people who have done Ironman who are listening to the show right now, that experience of doing your first Ironman, you know, that night before, you can't sleep, you know, it's, it's really nerve-wracking. You know, for the top person in our sport, well, you know, you've won, you've won Kona. What's, what do you go through those couple of days leading into the race? And, and what's it like? Do you get much sleep the night before the race? You know, do you think you are pretty typical to the age grouper out there? Or do you think because you're more experienced, you know how to handle that? You know, I, I think I'm very similar to what the age groupers experience. I mean, you know, if I wasn't nervous before the race, then I probably shouldn't be lining up because I'm not excited about being out there the night before the race is always tough to sleep um but it really doesn't matter by then you should be rested enough that um you know you could get half an hour sleep and still it wouldn't uh, impact your performance you'll be knackered for the next few days or a week or month but um you know that last night you know it's just about you know staying horizontal and 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 resting but if you don't get sleep then you know don't be too worried about it It just means you're you're a little nervous and probably ready to go um yeah I mean I I guess the last few days for me um you know there's always a few extra obligations that I that I have and I I probably get a little bit snappy (laughs) uh especially last week leading into a race just you know my my fuse is generally I'm very laid back and I'm very easygoing and accepting but um, that last week, people close to me can see that I I get a little little antsy, a little bit, a little bit uh, a little bit gnarly. I get a bit uh, upset when when I have to do extra extra things, or um, <clears throat> I don't know when when things aren't going as smoothly as I'd like. I get a little cranky. So, but you know, I think that everyone deals with stress in different ways, and yeah, I mean, I think it's natural. Good, good idea for us doing this interview now then. Yeah, exactly. We're on the, we're on the cranky version of you. you know? <laughs> hey, well, 
we're, we're looking we're doing a big focus on the girls race this year we're looking forward to um, seeing some spectacular racing and seeing you blitz that run again so um, all the best for your race and yeah. we'll, um, we'll look forward to seeing you when we get over there and we'll see you at the Casers party again you had a pretty big night last year I remember every year every <laughs> year you were on fire I was loving it cool <laughs> awesome thanks for your time Ronnie. my pleasure thanks guys awesome mate are we recording? I think we're recording, John. This is our first interview on Kona. The dynamic duo we've got here. Bevan, you might know about the, the 90s and the 80s. No, I wasn't even born, John. And you, you know a lot about Cam Brown, but we've got Jamie Hunt here as well, who's making his big comeback, and he's qualified for Kona. Why, why, why is Jamie Hunt so important? Jamie is yeah, problem, former Junior World Duathlon champion. He got second to Spencer Smith, I think, in Muncie in the 1996. World long distance champs, nice. few World Cup. I don't know if it wins, but but World Cup wins or a whole bunch of a bunch of seconds. Yeah. Seconds. <laughs> I remember second in, in Auckland in 1996. Yeah. So all round legend, Mr. Two Times You as well. He's making his comeback. So Jamie, tell us about where you qualified, and I think it must be your first time here, and what your expectations are for the day. Yeah, I did my first Ironman in Melbourne um, back in uh, March, and. Uh, my goal was actually just to do a 9:30 and to qualify for here, but I actually went at 8:58. So I had it was a great it was a great day. I mean, it was a great day for the race and it all fast times all around. But I was by my age group there and um, have have come here and um, my first Hawaii, obviously, and looking forward to the day. So tell us, for, for for a guy who was used to be right up there in terms of towards the top of the world, and now coming back as an age grouper, and you're obviously your sub nines that's still fast but how do you how have you sort of dealt with um not being you know the fastest guy out there um it hasn't been too hard i mean obviously i um i, I still work pretty hard and i've you know I, I fly around the world a lot and and knowing that but at the same time too i'm actually um amazed how how fast i've come back i mean my times in training really are not a long way off when i was a pro i mean i'm definitely swimming nearly as well as when i was a pro and my bike riding isn't far off my running's still a little way off because um I'm probably still carrying a bit of extra weight than in my, in my ITU days, but on, on a whole, I'm I'm actually really really happy and uh, and actually feeling as fit as I ever have, to be honest. So, so coming into this race, you know, you obviously had a pretty awesome Melbourne, pretty fast time. Do you actually want to like? Is it about getting on the podium, or is it just about having the experience, or what, what's the goal for Kona? I'm a, I'm a competitive guy. <laughs> um, um, I mean, look, I um, you know, I, I know if my day pans out really really amazingly well i mean i know a podium is is definitely with my within my abilities um but in saying that um a top five would be great um but you know worst case scenario just being here and finishing and i'm not saying it just to be to sound um uh sound good but to be here and finish it will definitely be a um a great thing for me considering that two years ago i was 95 kilograms i was 20 kilograms i did comment when you walked out he's a bit bit leaner than what he was a couple years ago so i I have lost 20 kilograms and it's been a long way back um but i'm just happy to be here yeah right brownie um we we saw obviously an outstanding race in in melbourne i mean um you've you've always had great races in taupo um but you haven't probably had the likes of crowy and some stuff there so it must have been a bit of a confidence boost for you having that performance yeah yeah i was um otherwise i wasn't coming back here (laughs) after that race i decided i would i'd give it one last you know sort of more one last go on that so it's um yeah it was definitely a, a nice surprise to be going that fast at um, 39, now I'm 40. What, what were you thinking, you know, like obviously that was an amazing race and you know, Corey's definitely the number one in the game right now and you were kind of stuck from right to the end of that race. You know, going into it, obviously we're at that kind of point where do I stay in the race or not, or stay in the game at least, you know, what was the feeling on the day? 
Uh, oh, no, I felt great. You know, it was, um, uh, got off, the, off that bike and we just um, we just started smacking it straight from the gun and, and um, you know, we sort of went through 10K in sort of 36 minutes and, and I think uh, 21Ks in an hour 17 and, and it just kept going and going and going and it was it was just amazing. Yeah, the boys just kept drop, dropping off and, you know, sort of uh, Nico sort of went first and, and then um, uh, Freddie Van Leer went sort of after that and then there was just the two of us and it was, you know, it was great to, to push Crowey and, you know, to, to see him and a lot of pain at the finish line was sort of pleasing in a, in a way. Obviously, you know, I was, I was in the same boat, but, you know, that I really pushed him hard. Um, you know, we, we were on the boat out here last year on the, at the start of the swim, and we could see you just falling off the back of that group. I mean, um, how's your swim, you know, shaped up this year going into the race? Yeah, hopefully good. I cramped last year going in the or halfway um, round, coming round the boy, and that's why I lost the group. And, and then the race was sort of history after that. I sort of felt the calf the whole way through the bike, and then on the run, I just uh, 12 k's. I would have torn the thing, so. I pulled out, so um, yeah, it wasn't was a the last few years have been pretty crappy here, and I just want to put in a good performance and a performance that I know I'm you know, capable of. So it'd be nice to you know, just have a good day again. How do you, how do you treat the race now? You know, like you know, you are kind of in the last part of your career, and you know, you had a bloody good Melbourne, which I'm sure instilled some confidence in yourself that you can be up there with the top guys again. You know, what what's kind of how, what's your approach leading into the race? Uh, oh, just yeah, I've got to set myself up straight from the gun. You know, you've got to have a good swim, and you've got to be up with that lead group. Otherwise, if you're not a super cyclist, then you'll never catch them. So uh, it's important to be there straight from the, the word go. And um, if I can do that, then you know, I know I can ride with them. And then um, if I can have a good run that you know I'm capable of, then you know I can I can put myself back on the podium. Have you noticed any difference in the racing now that they've sort of changed the qualification in a smaller field and um, does that make much of a difference to the race or is it last year was similar as usual? Yeah, I mean it's, it's going to change again. You know, you've, now there's only 50 of us on the line and instead of you know the woman starting with us so um, it's going to be you know, a, a nice start that's for sure and um, I think it'll be, a, a, it's great for the woman, woman as well. I think it's a true women's race uh, this year so you know they won't be drafting off the, the men and the swim and drafting off the men, you know, the slower men in the um, on the bike. So um, for them, it's great, and I think for us, it's you know, it's it's a good good start as well. Hey Cam, you know, you mentioned that you know, if you hadn't had a good Melbourne, you may have not come here. Do you, do you see yourself maybe still continuing on for the next few years doing Ironman, maybe trying to cash in? Because obviously you could probably choose some races and make some good coin and not necessarily do the Kona experience. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's the you know, there's so many races out there nowadays that um, you, you can do, and, and uh, this is more and more every year. So um, yeah, I want to enjoy some of those races, and I've always wanted to do some around this time, you know, of the year and, and train for. So I'll be doing that for sure. But. You know, I said a couple of years ago I, would, I wouldn't be coming back here and I'm still here, so <laughs> I might be coming back when I'm 41 as well. Yeah. The, the House of Travel Triathlon Festival down in Christchurch oh, in December. Well, that's the next one on his list. 15th, yeah. double, double super sprint, just your forte. Um, I had one other question, what was, was I thinking? Um, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? Oh yeah, um, after this obviously you go back to New Zealand and um, hopefully Kona World Champion, but you've got the 70.3 in Auckland on your home home turf you looking forward to that oh you know it's going to be great you know i i loved uh, watching the old boys um back in the day you know melina and tinley and ray browning and all those guys you know we used to jamie and that we used to go out in my dad's uh, back of his truck and we used to hoot around supporting the guys and uh, you know I, I wish the ironman new zealand was, would, was still back there but it, you know it'd be impossible but to have you know that half ironman on the on the course and you in auckland and your home home turf is fantastic and it's going to be great for um you know, um, for all the all the athletes around Auckland and, and Northland and and um, New Zealand. 
what do you think the field's going to be like? Do you think it will draw a good field? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, it's 1,500 qualifying points, 75,000 prize money. So, yeah, you're silly not to race it. And uh, you get some good points up on the board straight from, you know, in January. And that's that's a nice sort of um, start to the season. So then you've got, you know, New Zealand or Melbourne or um, you've got so many races, you know, that, that can put you straight up, you know, right up the top from the word go. So it's, it's good for the Australasian uh, athletes. Was it nice for you this year, having Melbourne done out of the way, kind of knowing you could come to Kona without, you know, you could have kind of that second half of the season not focusing on doing Germany like you normally do? Yeah, oh, I mean, I, I went to Rotten City, yeah. so, uh, you know, I just, I wanted to enjoy some races, so I did Cairns and uh, did uh, Rot, which I hadn't done for 10 years, and yeah, just wanted to, um, you know, have a, have a you know, an enjoyful year and, you know, experience some other races, and that was cool. So the question I have is, you know, you've pretty much owned Ironman New Zealand for the last kind of 100 years and, uh, you know, and you've done bloody well there, but, you know, this year you did Melbourne, you had a bloody great race. Are you in a bit of a dilemma of which race to choose next year? Uh, I've signed up already for New Zealand, so... <laughs> yeah. Dave Dobbin, bring on the song. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. You need to know there might be another... Uh, uh, Bad weather saga that comes through, and we might be doing tel- um, um, Melbourne again. But yeah, yeah. Now hopefully we have some good weather. We're due for some good weather in Telpo, and hopefully we can get that because it's um, yeah, it's a great race. Uh, what are your thoughts about New Zealand going forward into the future? You know, we've you know it's been such an iconic race on the calendar for so long, but now with this kind of championship races, it is kind of drifting away in the kind of centerpiece of the sport. What are your thoughts? Uh, oh, I mean, I, I, I think it's good because, um, you know, we need sort of, like tennis, you know, Wimbledon, you know, Australian Open, we need that sort of, you know, you, otherwise you've just got so many other races and, and every, all the f- f- fields are diluted and that, so it's it's good to have, you know, like some championship races there to, you know, get some r- really fantastic fields um, together and, and, and racing, you know, just not, not out, or outside of Hawaii, so it's great. It lets you get out of the sun. It's getting pretty hot. I'm, I'm sweating up a storm. So thank He's you. wearing black as well. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Brownie. We look forward to cheering on the site. You're my dark horse, Brownie. I'm, I'm picking you as my dark horse for the win, mate. Bring it on. Cannot let the Aussies get the trifecta. And then, and then yeah, bring it on. <laughs> tell us all, Andrew. Tell us all. Hey, so we're back in Kona, and it's, uh, we're meeting up with Andrew Misek from uh, WTC, and it's a year down on the piece, isn't it? It's a year since, literally, last time we interviewed you, you kind of just stepped into the role, and it's, uh, we've got him here again today. We've got the World Cup now. Oh, yeah, and we've got the World Cup rugby, but he backed us. You did back us, did you? Did you, did you watch much of it? Uh, n- not as much as I would have liked. I watched the semi-final and the final. The final was a bit of an ugly game, wasn't it? Uh, it was a bit of, bit of a white knuckler, eh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We were having babies in New Zealand, I tell you. Hey, so first year, like, um, for you, and as in, you know, just yourself and the job, how's it been? It's been a great year. Uh, you know, we've made a, a lot of progress. We've done a lot of new things. And I feel like we're we're in a position where Ironman's going to continue to grow uh, strongly in in the coming years, and we're going to be expanding a lot in the next 12 months. And I think we'll be we'll have more races, more events in different parts of the world, and I'm I'm really excited about that. So that always begs a question for us. We see all these new Ironman races popping up and uh, and slots going here, there and everywhere. What's the strategy around slots? In my mind, it looks like you're going, we're going to sort of load up the championship races, and I'm talking age group slots here, and then every other Ironman sort of got 40 slots um, for the most part, but some, it's just, there's a bit of difference out there. So what's the sort of general plan around slot allocation for races? Well, we've focused on, on trying to have... A, a limited number of races that have bigger slot allocations. And and that really enables us to be able to go a lot deeper in certain age groups. And be, because one of the challenges when you have a 30 or 40 slot race 
you almost have to win your age group to be able to, to qualify. And, and if you're the second or third person in your age group, you know, you're, you're out of luck. But if you, have a, if you have a race that has 75 slots, for example, you, you can be 10th in your age group if it's a big age group and you, and you still have a chance to qualify. And having some races like that, I think, provides a, a more fair opportunity for, for some age groupers because there's, there's some people who are just never going to win their age group. And, and you can be still pretty competitive and still, in my mind, deserve an opportunity to race in Kona uh, if, if it rolls a little bit deeper. Um, you still have to be fast, though. I mean, the, in, in my age group, uh, 45 to 49, uh, my friend Ricky Jeffs from, uh, from the Urban Hotel Group you know, failed to qualify at Melbourne with a 936. And I think you needed a 932 to, to make it. So, so regardless, it's, it's really, it's, it's increasingly competitive uh, to earn a Kona slot. And I think that's more a function of there's just more athletes racing. And, and as, we, as we become bigger and as we continue to grow, there's, you know, there's more athletes. And if, as there's more athletes, there's more fast athletes. And, and that is, is not going to change. Um, what about, you know, are some of the races getting too big? Because I had a particular athlete I coached. He was at Augusta 70.3 at the weekend, and he was one of the, the last waves to start. And just getting through the field for him was just an absolute nightmare. Is there anything on the horizon to deal with that? You know, I know in some countries you have sort of a, an elite age group wave or, or anything like that to deal with. Popularity is your problem, isn't it? Well, you know, there's there's a balance you have to find and we, we never want to be too big we don't want for the races to be unsafe we don't want them to be uh, we don't want for there to be so many people on the course that that drafting is impossible to prevent and, and we work pretty hard to manage that but but at the same time there's advantages to being big and and part of that is one of the things our athletes really like is they like being around a critical mass of like-minded people and and if you go to Lake Placid or Montreblanc or any number of our of, of some of our bigger North American races, people like the fact that you know for that weekend or that week there are around 2,000, 2,500 other athletes and their family, you know, people who understand them, um, because you know long distance triathletes you know we're we're not like everybody else, and and it's part of what makes this a fantastic week is because. Everybody understands everybody else and why you have to go swimming before breakfast and you know, why you can't get together because you have to go do your run. And, and so part of, we have to make sure the races don't get so big that they're not, that the athlete experience is diminished, but having to be big enough so that people feel like they're, they're part of something special and that, they're, and that there's a, a critical mass there, I think, I think that's important too. You know, New York, I think, was an interesting experience for you guys. You, you, I remember last year talking to you guys, to you yourself, and you're saying how, you know, for our race, for our sport to become a bigger sport into the world, we're going to big cities, we're going to have big races, big paydays, and all the rest of it. And obviously, New York was an attempt to achieve that. Didn't really work out in the end. Um, but what, what, I suppose, what are some of the lessons from that, and what, how does that teach you moving forward? Well, New York was, was a terrific lesson for us. Um, I think our, our team did everything they possibly could. I, I've, I've never been more proud of our organization. Our, our team 
turned themselves inside out for a year to make that event work. But ultimately, it was not a good experience for our athletes. And, and we, we thought that the experience of racing in New York City, swimming in the Hudson, you know, uh, you know, running across the George Washington Bridge, finishing in the island of Manhattan, would, would be enough to compensate for the logistical inconveniences. And what our athletes told us, and they told us really clearly, is that that was untrue. That having to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to take a ferry across to New Jersey to get to transition by 5 to deal with your bike to get on another ferry at 6 to get to the swim start by 7, that was too hard. Our athletes didn't want to do it. That's, that, that having it be so difficult for friends and family to be able to watch the race, um, they didn't like that. And so... You know, we do we do an athlete survey after every single one of our races. We ask the same questions to the same people the same way. And the feedback was, despite everything that we did, they didn't like the race. And and what we learned is that for for us to be able to create the kind of races that our athletes want, we need for our athletes to have an opportunity to be the center of attention. We need to be easy for their friends and family. We need to be easy for the athletes. And and so races like Lake Placid, Montremblant, Western Australia, are, are and there's a lot of them that that provide an opportunity for an athlete to bring their family, mom, dad, husband, kids, and be a part of the whole experience, and and feel like all of the sacrifice that they made over the year to prepare for the race that it was worth it. And if you can't deliver that. And we, and we couldn't deliver it in New York, and it wasn't because of lack of trying. It was just New York's New York. And if, if you can't deliver that, wh- what that experience taught us is that, you know, our athletes don't, don't want to do it. So, so then, you know, because you were talking about big city races can get us big exposure. What's the solution to that then? Well, I think Melbourne had, had a pretty good balance. It was a big city race, but it, we really were concentrated in St. Kilda. And, and it, was, it was a good experience to be in St. Kilda. You were surrounded by triathletes. It was, you know, it was relatively easy to get to Frankston so friends and family could, could see the swim. It was an easy race to watch the run. The finish you know, near the St. Kilda Baths was, was good. And, and so I think that race experience was really positive for our athletes. And, and it's a renewed focus of ours to make sure that you know, we're creating a spectator experience, we're creating an athlete experience, we're managing the logistics so that not just athletes, but everyone associated with, you know, with an athlete is able to, to really feel like they're a part of the race and a part of the weekend. So looking ahead um, to this year coming, um, last year you gave us some gold insight into what was going on. And I've got to say that, you know, if we look back to our show two or three years ago, it almost seemed on a weekly occurrence we were slagging off WTC about something um, just because we were trying to say, you know, call it as we saw it. Um, but, 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 but this last year, you know, more often than not, we've been going, geez, that's a bloody good idea. You know, the, the legacy program, the recent one with the, the champions program, you know, the, we really like what you're doing. Um, so, like, this year going forward, you, you've said you're expanding. Is there anything else out there that, that, that is in the pipeline that you may want to share with us? Tell us all your secrets, basically. Oh, I can't tell you all my secrets. <laughs> I, have to, I, have to have, I have to keep something in reserve. No, it, you know, if... If you look at our, where our athletes come from, we have 
a lot of athletes from the United States, from Canada, from Australia, from New Zealand. And, and if you look at our athletes relative to population, we're, we're very strong in those places. We're strong in Germany, we're strong in Austria, we're strong in Switzerland. There's a bunch of places where we're not strong. You know, we, we have, last year we had 55 Japanese athletes here in Kona. Um, we have fewer than that. We have 40-odd uh, Japanese athletes this year um, with no qualifying races in Japan. Um, so th there's a, a lot of places where relative to our athlete counts, relative to where running and cycling and swimming are strong, we, we, we just aren't very well developed. Japan, Korea, Southeast Asia, Spain, Italy, um, Brazil, Argentina, are, are all places where, where there's tradition of endurance, where there's a history of endurance, yet where we are either not present or we're present in, in relatively small ways. And, and as we think about where, where is the growth going to come from, um, we have 1,500 athletes from Italy, period, racing anywhere in the world. And yet there's a tremendous running culture in Italy, there's a tremendous cycling culture in Italy, and, and there's, there's a, a swimming culture. And part of what we found is that if you put a race in a market, you develop athletes, you, and you grow the number of athletes that you have. So when I think about what the world looks like, I see a lot of places where, where we have an ability to get better. But I also see opportunities, even in the markets where you know, we have history and we have success, um, to do more. You know, having two races in New Zealand doesn't feel like a lot to me, and and I think we've got opportunities to be, you know, to be more, to develop more races, to find ways to capture the imagination of, of of athletes, and and encourage them to race in in every country where where we're in business. So, I I, I see a lot of potential. Um, and if we could just figure out how to get more bikes on the pier in Kona, yeah. then uh, <laughs> <laughs> if only I build the pier. Oh, um, you may not. I don't know if you want to answer this or not, but there's obviously an elephant in every room that you go into at the moment um, around Lance Armstrong, and you know there's so much hype about him potentially coming here. If you look back to this year, um, any regrets about you know um, welcoming him into the sport and and not welcoming him back to the sport, and would you have done anything differently? And is there any future you know with with Lance Armstrong well you know it, it uh, we <laughs> we have to ask no 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 look I, I, I get it and, and and it's you know Lance was an important part of our of our year this year and we knew we always knew that that there was a, a chance that that he wouldn't be able to race and you know we were upfront with with him and his and his team about our rules and and our commitment to being a WADA signatory. And we we always knew that what happened might happen. Um, it, I think as as sports people and people who love the sport of triathlon, it's it's disappointing to not have a chance to see how good he could have been and and whether he would after a career in cycling be able to win Kona um, and it looks now at least like we're never going to know and the part of me that loves sport is is sad that we're never going to know um, that said 
you know, we we live in in a in a world that has rules. Sport has to be governed by rules, to be fair. And we believe that you know that you know following the rules that exist is the right thing to do. Um, so you know, there's no satisfaction, there's no joy in any of this for any of us. Um, but you know, I think we've you know we've made a decision that that we're going to be a WADA signatory and we're going to honor WADA's rules. And you know, we're going to do that. How much was a blow? It must have been a massive blow for you, but because I remember talking last, I think we did an interview sometimes, and you were saying the planning of Lance coming is just you know ten times bigger than we've ever experienced before. And, and I imagine the financial investment for you guys and the man hours and and the amount of effort that went into what this week was going to be. And you know, you know, I think all of us deep down kind of are a little bit gutted that races Lance isn't racing this weekend. How much of a blow was it for you guys? Well, it was it was it was a disappointment. You know, we we were, you know, it it would have been terrific. It really would have been. And and whether whether you like him or you don't like him, and whether you believe in, you know, what Usada is doing or you don't, you know, he's an incredibly charismatic athlete. He's in a very short period of time, he went from being a retired cyclist to an unambiguously world class triathlete. Whether he was world class enough to be able to win this race, we'll never know. But watching his evolution, just from his first race to him winning here on the Big Island in dominant fashion, setting the course record in a matter of four months, you know, it, it was. If, if you love sport, you watch that and you say, "Holy mackerel!" That's I'm 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 watching something. That's pretty extraordinary and may never see again. Okay, mate. Well, well, thanks for your time because we know you're bloody busy and it's hard to get any time. <laughs> I imagine everyone's kind of pulling on your shoulders right now to get your time. And uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. And and, and uh, we're just um, we're not greasing up to you, but you know, we really things are looking really good from our perspective. You still have things you you, know, you need to pull your socks socks on, but we know that you're probably aware of a lot of them. But it's been a real nice transformation that we've seen in the last sort of 15 months. So well, okay, well good work. Well, thanks. We're 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 trying to get better every day, and and we think that we've got an opportunity to continue to grow the community and to and to play a, a positive and powerful role in the growth of our sport. And that's what we get up and do every day. Awesome, mate. Thanks for your time. Where are we going? <laughs> Before we get to that. break them. <laughs> okay, so we've just arrived in Kona, and our first guest on the uh, the Big Island is. Leanne, the legend that is Leander Cave, um, coming off 70.3 and coming off an awesome race here last year for third place and the sixth time in Kona. So welcome along to the show, Leander. Thanks. Nice six to meet you. T- six times. What, what have you learned in six years? I've learned more what not to do than what I learned to do at this stage. So uh, what I've learned is, yeah, you got to come out here and start feeling the love of the li- love of the island for a while before the race. So, yeah, I've been here for quite a while now. So actually, time time in this place puts you in the right place. Yeah, I think mentally and physically, you know, the conditions out here is something that takes getting used to, and and you guys can appreciate this coming off of winter or you know wherever you are really. I mean, you, the here is a very unique environment, and not only that, it's just also the energy of the island and and. Um, it kind of like settles you down a bit and you kind of get into a nice little groove and yeah, it's good. Tell, tell me about your, what you think of Ironman because you've been around 
quite a while because I, I I raced in the nineties and and sort of up to about two thousand. And I remember you won worlds. Was it ninety nine? Around about. Oh, give me a few more years than that. I'm not was that it, old. Was it two? When was it? When was worlds? Two thousand and two. Two thousand and two. There we go. Two thousand and two. So you've done. Um, yeah, you've done. You've had your short course career. You you, you, know, you went and then did you know, quite a bit of seventy point three stuff. Um, and you've made that transition across across to Ironman as. Do you do you love Ironman as much as you love short course, or where's your where's your real big passion in, in the sport? Mm. He loves short course again. He can never give it up. <laughs> he loves the short course. He, he always wants short course, and it's Ironman, John. Move on. But Leander, where are John, you you've not done a, a, a triathlon. You've done Ironman. Okay, then you've done a triathlon. Yeah. No, Ironman sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know all about it. Um, I, I don't think there's, uh, you know, when people say, oh, go out and have fun or have fun race. I'm just like, no, I don't think so. This is, there ain't nothing fun about doing an Ironman. Um, it's a tough sport. It has to be respected. I think um, short course racing is for the easy uh, option, the easy option out. No, you she's know. some smack down. Yeah, I'm giving you some smack here. Short course is not for real athletes. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get a slap in for that one. Yeah. And blow drive there. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Armstrong. Well, this year's been a pretty phenomenal. You know, you've always been a pretty good athlete, but this year in particular seems to have been, you know, that next level. You know, in these last twelve months, you've just kind of consistently delivered. Do you know? Can, can you put your finger on the reasons why? Uh, I'm getting older. Yeah, I'm like fine wine. You know, maturing like all that. Yeah. Um, no, I just think there's a. I feel I'm learning a. I'm learning a good way to balance my life a lot more now than I ever did, and and I think um, I'm not taking myself as seriously as seriously as I used to, and for that reason, I feel I'm I'm kind of coming into races without as much anxiety or stress as I used to have, and um, and also I'm you know I'm, I feel like I'm fortunate enough to live this life and love it, and I should embrace it rather than you know I feel there's a lot of people out there who dread racing, and I'm like why this is kind of like what you chose to do and what you kind of put yourself through all that training, like why are you turning up to the race not wanting to do it or feeling so you know, anxious about it. So for me, I feel like I've, I've evolved as an athlete um, mentally as well as physically, but I think the mental side a lot more. It's interesting how that's transferred into results then. You know, like, so you're kind of saying that your relaxed attitude has made you perform better. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say more it's enabled me to have a lot um, more of a longevity in the sport. I think, um, obviously... Being a successful short course athlete, um, I've had that experience and, and I think that really um, took its toll on my body. Uh, I, the training was intense, it was tough, I got injured and I think that's there's um, only so many years you can do that for and be successful before it really uh, you know, messes with your body. Um, and I think crossing over the long distance stuff has really helped um, you know, take back the intensity that gets you injured and it's helped my longevity in the sport and uh, also having a balance, not being burnt out um, by doing, you know, the, the short stuff at such an intense level and uh, just having this constant, like, you know, pressure on your shoulders to, to race and perform. And, um, and also I feel like when I was racing short course, I was 
essentially funded by my federation and reliant on that as a, a source of income. And now I'm, you know, making my own income from a sport and it, I'm reliant on, on myself. Um, and so I feel that that has really kind of freed me up. I don't feel responsible to a federation to have good results. I just feel responsible to myself. Without kind of giving the details, but financially, is it better off being where you are right now or with the federations? Uh, I feel where I am right now. Um, I mean, I've, I've struggled back and forth going, you know, trying to go. I, w- I really wanted to qualify for the Olympics in London, but I, I struggled with that whole idea because uh, I would have to give up so many, so much, so the sources of pretty much what my income is, which is sponsorship based um, that I have through the good results I've had in the long distance events. Uh, and that would, I, I can't go into short distance and give that up. I have too many financial commitments to give up what I do right now and, and the um, sponsors I have right now and I'm not sure they would follow me through to doing going back to short distance so it's hard you know to think about going back to a short distance when I have all these other responsibilities now that but I feel um, you know I'm in a good place and I can uh, meet all those responsibilities so I'm not really um, disappointed that I didn't go back but you know it's kind of like Olympic distances or Olympics just in general it's what you grow up with it's, you see it on TV it's a big it's the real stuff it, it, it's the real stuff the Olympics. We're not going yeah. <laughs> to. Um, it's this. Yeah. It's there's two two sides to to the argument, and and I feel like I'm at an age where um, I'm I'm good at doing the distance, but I also feel like if I want to give it one more shot, there's only really one more shot left in me. Okay. I um I, I, I met you in road a few years ago, and um and I we were just talking, and I could got this wrong. But I seem to remember you saying that you were the the third person who qualified for the UK, but you didn't get the slot. Um, is that true? For what? For the Olympics a few years ago. Wasn't it you, you got the third slot for the UK team? Oh, that was um, oh, that was Athens. Yeah, so you, yeah. you qualified the team for three positions, but yeah. you didn't get picked for the yeah. third slot. Now, recently that happened again in the UK as well, didn't it? Yeah, and, and I suppose, you know, like, there's a system and it's about getting medals and all the rest of it. But tell, tell the listeners what that was like for you, because I imagine you worked your gut off to get that op- the Olympic opportunity. Yeah. And tell, you know, I'm sure people would like to hear what that was like. Well, it's 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 sad because you see the ticket go to someone else. You know, when when you've been slaving away and traveling the world and racing your ass off and getting points and and essentially being successful, and then it comes down to one day where you know the athlete um, we're talking about. I'm, you know, I'm not going to name names, but you know, she she pretty much had the whole year off, didn't race with injury, and then came into the one race, which she came in as a reserve. The the girl pulled out, so she got the spot to go in the race. And then you know takes the slot. So it, for me, it was it was heart wrenching and it was soul destroying at the time, and um, probably one of the hardest uh, things to come to terms with. And, and I don't think many people realise it is when you're you're so close and you miss it, and and it's really through a discretionary slot, not through like an actual selection process that um, you know a cut and dry selection process. Um, uh, yeah, I, I it, it's it's probably one of the hardest things I had to deal with for a long long time um, and to see it just slip through your fingers and then watch the race live on television and then just going you know it's hard to you just picture yourself in that race and you're like I should be there I'm 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 good enough to be there I'm good enough to be getting the the good result that I know I could have got and yeah so there was a tough tough few years there where you know getting over that hurdle on its own was um, but you know, I, I suppose in the, in, in the whole light of things, the sport goes on and there's more races to race. And, and I feel, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, 
I always wanted to make Olympics. That was a huge dream, but I feel it's it's not now going to define me as an as a top athlete as probably what it did when I was a kid. You know, growing up making Olympics was like the be all and end all. You were only somebody if you did make it. But now I feel like you know what? There's other stuff out there that I've achieved that wasn't Olympics, and and I still feel fulfilled as a as a an athlete. So so we're in Kona. Last year the the women's race was um, it was spectacular for for a number of reasons. You know, you were out there duking it out with old Joycey on the run and um, and it was just a really good round battle. Obviously Chrissy came through and um, and won it so that added another another element to it and, and Rennie obviously came through your girls a bit um, there on the run as well. So this this year, I mean, it's, it, it's again shaping up, there's about five or six of you I guess, with potentially more, who are racing well. Um, you know, you, I guess you're always going to be there during the swim, I mean, in the past you maybe pushed it a bit on the bike. I mean, without giving your complete race tactics away. I mean, um, yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> give it away. Yeah, I mean, without it, telling us, just give it away. <laughs> it, it, it seems like the, the, there could be a bit of a break there on the bike this year because there's about three or four good girls, that are good swimmers, and, and good bikers. You know, you, Joycey, Caroline, Stefan, and um, maybe one or two others that I can't think of off the top of my head, but. It's, it's a real opportunity for you to try to, I guess, shut the race out for Rennie or try to, to, to get away from her when she might be a bit isolated? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound um, or, or say that I don't consider Rennie a favourite, but I just think she's, she's equally as favourite as a lot of these other girls. I don't think she's a standalone favourite. I, um, I think there's a few of us who are definitely... It's, it's going to be a proper race. You know, it's not going to be someone leading from the front. It's going to be... There's going to be a bit of tag going on. Someone's going to take the lead. Someone's going to lose. You know, it's going to go a bit back and forth. I, I predict that Caroline Stephan's going to be out there quite strongly on the bike as she was last year. But I don't feel she's... Um, I think the field's moving closer to that strength on the bike. And I feel myself like I'm, a, I'm a, in a much better position now on the bike than I was last year in terms of my strength. And for that reason, um, you know, there's not going to be someone way up the road when they when the at the beginning of the run. Uh, and for me personally, um, I mean, my, the big thing that went through my head last year was, uh, I mean, I was with Rachel quite a lot of the races, you know, and I felt, wow, we're not going hard enough. And then I think that saved me. And, you know, I've, you've said in the past that I've really given it something on the bike and I've, I think I've cooked myself a lot on the bike. And last year was the first year where I think I didn't do that and, and I had a really good run for that. So I think I've just discovered the way I need a race, which is probably when I think I'm going too hard, I'm going too hard. And easy should be just comfortable, you know, so. That sounds like a, a change in habit on the, on the mindset on the day. Yeah. Does it still, do you still find yourself falling into old tricks, but or, or have you pretty much learned that lesson and this is the way I race? Well, you can all, on race day, you should always be able to go up one step. And, and even though essentially like the watts are going to be higher and your speed's going to be higher, I mean, it shouldn't feel like it's harder because you rest it up. It's, it's race day, there's adrenaline pumping through your veins. Uh, and you just generally f- are going faster and stronger than what you, you're mentally thinking you are. So for that reason, I think there is a different mental approach to what I used to have is um, probably, you know, going flat out and balls out is, is definitely not what I need to do anymore and definitely not what I should be doing. I think that's why I've started to really um, be strong in the Ironman. I've just realised, you know, where I need to be on that scale from 1 to 10 in terms of perceived effort. And um, I don't know, but... Do you get cat? Do you, do you use your power wattage to to control yourself? No, as it more feel? I mean I'm one of the athletes who has it in training, and I and I don't rely a lot on that uh, data at all. Like in in racing, I don't wear a computer, I don't wear a watch. I just well, I might wear a watch sometimes, but it's not in in a race. I mean, but it's just 
it's a race and and even though I have my own way of how I want to race I'm still trying to waste race to win and yeah there will be a point you know when you you ask whether I will get out of that comfort zone or whatever yeah I will I mean if it if it means I have to take a little bit of a risk to win the race then sure I'll do it oh, we're looking forward to that any any love for any of your sponsors you any, anything you're doing this week with any of your sponsors or anything like that or well, I mean, my, my big sponsors, you've probably been here, or you will, go yeah. shopping at Safeway. You'll see the Driscoll Sperry's in Safeway. Um, we'll go and get my, some. We're going yeah. straight out. Oh, you this. get them in Oz and you get them in New Zealand, so they're worldwide. Uh, and then K-Swiss and um, my Nutrition Accelerator Durox. Um, they're all my big ones. My Pinarello bike. Well, I could keep going because, I mean, I have such an amazing uh, entourage well, of sponsors well, and they're all, all awesome. We haven't, we've only been here, what? Two hours, if that. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't sorted out our K Swiss uh, party tickets yet. We've, we've managed it every year, but we'll. Uh, <laughs> you we, managed we, we, to get. You know what? Just swimming. We, well, that's, but that, that was on last week's show. That was suggested to us that uh, if, if we needed to do that, that would be required. So um, now we're looking. We're, uh, this year's fo- coverage of we're doing the races has a big focus on the girls' race because we think it's going to be pretty spectacular. So um, we hope it lives up to it. We hope you go out there and crush it. And um, thanks for your time and good luck out there. Cheers, guys. Yeah, bring it on, mate. Thanks. So we've walked out here. We just uh, talked to Leander Cave, and um, as we walked in, we saw somebody we recognised at the front door and thought we might grab him uh, for a slightly interesting story. Um, So Dirk Bockle, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Um, uh, Right, so Dirk, we're we're sitting here, and and I'm holding the mic because Bevan forgot the... So fourth place last year and, uh, and I'm sure Dirk was looking to make his way up the, the leaderboard this year but um, he is holding the microphone a little bit funny. Um, Dirk, <laughs> tell us what's happened. Well, just, just a few days ago, you know, I had 10 days before the race, I had my last hard brick workout and went smooth. I was still pretty tired 10 days out, you know, how you're supposed to be tired. So getting off the bike, starting to run, meeting all my times, but then 10 minutes in, you know, I needed water. So told the car to pull over, give me some water. And when I grabbed the water bottle on the run, I actually bent my whole hand completely on the mirror and it resulted in a spiral fracture of the fourth, whatever it's called, something in the hand. So the hand is useless at the moment. But, uh, you know, I did a couple of tests so far. I swim with a splint which is possible and it's allowed to use it in the race Rasmus did it last year or two years ago so it is possible to race now um, don't ask me about the mental side of it because that's the mm. tough part but uh, the, the hand might be able to, to survive a whole Ironman so tell, us, tell us a bit about your year because you know you, you, we, when we interviewed you last time you, you've put yourself in a, in a really nice position where you've got um, you, know, you had a fourth place last year so you had great points um, right. and you got yourself a sponsor that meant with, with Leopard that you could really focus on on this race and you you didn't have to right. go chasing points you just went did, did, yeah, you went, did, did your stuff so I mean take the hand away but is, is this year sort of gone to plan? Oh, the, the year has been amazing I mean like you said I had enough points I didn't have to chase any points the whole year I was free so uh, I did a couple of races which I thought fit well for my conditions, you know. So I did the typical knees distance, the 4K swim, 120 bike, 30 run. I did that. Uh, I did Abu Dhabi, a race in Thailand, and then finally got my Ironman win in Regensburg against Michael Raylert. 
and then I finished off with a bronze medal at the ITU World Championships long distance. So it has been a great year and you know, it's not only for me that I stepped up in terms of my training conditions and my, my speed, my strength, but I had just amazing support now from the new team, Leopard Trek. I mean, it's just, uh, I don't have to say much. It's a, it's a very professional team, best possible material, the fastest bike, fastest little components on it, you know, all those kind of things. I have a whole staff working with me now. So all I have to do is the training and uh, they take care of everything. I have a personal physiotherapist here. I have my coach here, so uh, it's it's much more comfortable. Over the whole year, I I could really uniquely focus on the sport, and uh, my wife can actually do her PhD studies. So she she didn't have to do all the work like she like we used to be a one or two man uh, team. But now it's much much easier, and lots of credits to the team. I'm very thankful being in that team, and you know the logical consequence is just that you step up. You know, you've been dealt a pretty hard blow right now. Broken fingers, obviously, not the goal going into the week of Kona, but there needs to be there has to be a shift in your thinking, really, leading to the race. You know, if you're gonna if you are gonna do the race, mm. how do you get your mind in the right place? That the focus is I can still get the best result I can based under this condition. Yeah, it's it's very hard. I mean, I'm still bouncing back and forth between two two different scenarios. You know, racing the optimal race and uh, making my my podium because I believe I do have the conditions, but. Also bouncing the, the the other side is basically how am I gonna freaking finish, you know? So I I face challenges. We're going back to basics. Like how am I gonna grab my water bottle when I'm flying by with 45 k's an hour? How am I gonna hold my handlebars when I fly down 70 k's an hour from Javi, you know, with the winds? I mean, maybe we have no winds, so it shouldn't be an issue. If we have winds, you know, I can't hardly grab the handlebars. I mean, the the, the hand is not functionable really. Can I hold the group in the swim? You know, last year I came out of the water second. This year, probably have to fight to stay in the group. So there are new challenges, but you know, what am I going to do? I mean, sit home, watch the race. I can't really do that. So I prepared the whole year. This is the, the race, what it's all about in triathlon. And uh, I still believe on a perfect day with a little bit of luck and Madame Pele on my side, maybe I, I can make it happen. How long do you come out here for to, to prepare for the race? Well, I usually spend the whole second half of the season just uniquely preparing for Hawaii. So there's not much racing. I did a long training camp in Boulder in altitude. Spent two months over there sleeping really high, 2,500 meters training down in Boulder. And then I came here three weeks before. So I believe three weeks is ideal for altitude recovery and also for the heat adaptation, which is very necessary here. The, the men's field looks pretty strong this year, and you've got, you know, Corey's always coming back. You've got Mecca, who seems to be, you know, this ITU experience mm. may have brought him some speed that he mm. may have lost over the last few years. You know, you've got the Ray Lurch, you've got, you know, you, yourself, you know, you've got so many good guys here this year. Mm. What do you think is happening? Tell us what your thoughts are on the race. Well, it's it's definitely tough. Uh, Maka is a, is a hit or miss, so he will be very good or he won't be a factor. Crowey, I mean, he was he was unbeatable last year. I mean, everything in a perfect world would have been possible last year up to second place, but but Crowey was a step ahead of everyone, and I believe he's still very very fit, even though he got beaten this year. So we know how to beat him, but it's a question if athletes work together or having alliances. He obviously has his own alliances, so we that helped him last year a lot. So we'll we'll see what what happens this year, but. You mentioned only a few guys. I mean, I, we can mention 25 guys that, that could be uh, in, the, in the top 10. We can mention probably 10, 12 guys that can make a podium. So it depends on the conditions of the day, who fav like which condition favors which athlete. 
uh, it's a long day, lots of challenges, everything can happen, but uh, I think Marina van Honager and Andreas are very, very uh, top favorites, according, uh, along with uh, Crowey. You know, you talk a little bit about the, the tactics of the game, and, and we talk to the females, and they always either the, it doesn't happen in the female game or they talk it down mm. to the fact it doesn't happen. But in the male field, you guys often reveal that there's, there's gameplay that's happening out there. How important for you as someone who's a contender to look into win the race, mm. how much do you look to play that game to make sure you're getting yourself in the right position? Well, I mean, for, for me, it's, it's basically the harder the race is, the better it is for me personally. So uh, you can never have a real goal plan because it can change i mean it's eight hours eight and a half hours out there first you have to reanalyze after the swim which position are you who's there then the first hour on the bike is going to be crazy who who has issues who's not there then you have to readapt your, your tactics and then finally on the bike you know starting going up heavy you'll see you know we start maybe with 25 guys we maybe get there with 10 who are those 10 who's in front is, is keenly is, is jordan rap did they make the group you know those kind of things so it's it's a non-stop re-evaluation of the, of the tactics that you want to use and you ha you have to ad adjust all the time and it's it's hard to pl to to say how it's going to unfold but uh, i just wish it's going to be a hard race from the very beginning even though with the handicap you know the more we all suffer the more my opportunities are and i'm looking forward to really put the pedal down on the bike and then uh fight fight on the run to make that podium happen why is harder better for you I don't know. I, I've been racing so long. I have so many years of experience. It's my 23rd year of racing. Only my fourth Kona, though. But uh, it makes up for a lot of experience. And I think I, I know my body pretty well. I know how far I can go. And I might miss a little bit of the high speed. Like in ITU racing, the high speed was missing. But if it's constant on a, on a semi, on a 95% all day, I can do that very well. So I don't like tactics. I don't want to sit and wait for people and, and have a slow swim. Everybody full full gas from the very first minute, and then there's only a few guys standing, and I will be standing there. So, right, so just so we can spot you on race day, what what do you what do you wear on race day? Give us your, your color breakdown. You obviously got the trick bike. What are you what are you wearing in terms of typical your typical uh, leopard colors? Like the cycling team looks yeah. like a little bit more on the brighter side, so we don't have use much much black because of the sun, because of the conditions here. But it's a typical white and the the blue, and obviously you look for the big leopard sign. Nice. What do, what do you think about the female race? What, what, what's your thoughts on the girls race? Oh, the girls race as well. Oh yeah, uh, forgot. Uh, I thought since Chrissy is not racing, I wasn't sure. Um, well, my personal favorite is probably Caroline Stefan, Rachel Joyce and Leander. The, this yeah. will be the podium, but, but Rini is obviously a super runner and she worked a lot on the bike, but I don't know what it is, but this year I, I have this feeling that she might not be on top of her game. I don't know why, there's, there's no reason. And she's a good friend, so I, I shouldn't say that she, she but I, I have this gut feeling, I don't know. What's, what's your thoughts on where the sport is at right now? In general? Um, I still see a, a big, big challenge for all the pro athletes. I mean, as a, a as a triathlete, you don't have much time to think about the politics in sport, and we all lack of having a union or having a spokesperson. And no, we all think alike. We all want to make that happen, but no one has the time. No one 
can imagine how we're going to finance that one person who's going to fly around and represent us and do all that. I mean, the WTC basically does what they, what they want to do and we, we have to follow if that's good or not. In my personal opinion, I think we, we should be represented because I, I don't like a couple of things and I don't, know, I don't really like where the sport is drifting. I think it's very short-term focused from their side. And we're 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 just a we're just a figures. I mean that that KPR system. I don't believe that somebody who is in the in the in the top five from last year should have a high race number of like 30 or something. How should the spectators know that this is a uh, you know a guy that can challenge the the first guy? So little things. I mean it's it's very political. And I mean we have we have the new president, the new CEO. I mean he should. I thought it was going to be a new win, but I, I honestly I don't I don't see many positive changes for, for for us professionals. I wish there would be a little bit working more together instead of against each other. So, have you thought what would be a better qualifying system if you don't really like the KPR? You like the old system was you know you go you get your ticket at a particular race, you get in the top five, six, whatever it is. This way is points based. Have you given much thought? Is there a better way? I mean, it's well. Of course, if you give criticism, you should have an answer. So I, like I said, I mean, my job is is racing, so that that's why we need a person who who is doing that work. But because there are so many races out there, I don't believe it's good to do a top five automatic qualifying for any event because there's so many races, and sometimes there's no quality whatsoever. Some people win Ironman races I've never heard of, and that's it's it's strange, you know. But then also. Uh, people turn away from from WTC racing it's all about Kona so I think all the athletes try to do the the best possible to get to Kona but then we all race other races where you can actually earn some money I mean I win an Ironman Regensburg come home with five thousand dollars it's thousand points I mean it's not much you know and as, as a professional how many Ironman races can you race a year you know and I, I like a little I think there's a lack of transparency a little bit And uh, from from the WTC, I mean, I, I heard they have athletes now hired that work with the WTC, a certain amount of races, and but those are just rumors. There's no official statement. But then you know, suddenly their blogs appear on their web pages, and nobody knows, you know. So, so there's this mistrust between people. You don't know who you can trust and rely on, and and I think it should be very clear that everybody knows. And you know, communication, communication. That's what's missing. Good to get some thoughts on that. So, um, well, I'll be looking forward to that leopard coming, zipping past us, hopefully nice and early in the ride and coming, yeah, just looking forward to a cool race and see what happens for you. And Thank you very I'm, much I'm reading, for having I'm me. I'm reading the Rafael Nadal book at the moment and uh, wow. he's had to deal early on with some pretty big adversity and uh, the mental, you can be your inspiration, yeah. the mental side of it, he's pretty, pretty incredible. So all the best with your race. Thank you very much. Yeah, Thanks. And good luck, you know, because obviously you're pretty mentally strong as a person, but this is next level for you. So good luck and hopefully you kick back. Cool. Thank Thanks you very much. Awesome. Thanks for that. Yeah, cool. The probably most important news of the day really was John bought a MacBook Pro. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to set it up and it didn't bloody work very well. But no, I'm pretty excited. We both came over with the Apple Dreams because John came over and he, and he was wanted to buy a MacBook Pro and it, pretty much we did our interviews and then we went straight to the Mac store and I had the dream of buying my iPhone 5 and what happened John? Evan's been shafted every front we went to he just got shafted and like shafted five shafted. different stores and I couldn't get my iPhone 5 so I'm not sure what I'm going to do John I'm heartbroken alright you need to be pre-organised like me you see I had my books already and I got to get them Amazon sent them to Albert's so Albert brought them yeah. over for me and uh, no I think he's stuffed so you, so you come off the plane and, and it's one thing that you know like I was saying to John John's been here about six times and I've been here four times around you know this week in the Ironman World Championships and I know for myself 
getting off the plane in Kona, I, I always try to go back to that place of what was it like when you're a new person getting off the plane and, and there's that sense of overwhelming, well, I'm about to face something really massive. And, and even though John and I, it's only you know, halfway through our first day here, you definitely get a sense something big's about to happen, eh? Well, you certainly hope so. There's the, 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 uh, we talked to Andrew Black, who's from Christchurch's first time in Kona when we were at the New Zealand team meeting, and he was, he's just been blown away by the, the level of, I don't know, seriousness of some athletes over here we, uh, and, and how hardcore it is. He's like, holy moly, this is, this yeah. is the real and, and McCoy. Andrew's no mug. No. Uh, so, no, it's always good times. It's just good to see lots of uh, fit people running around. And, you know, I think what, what's so exciting about this year is I wouldn't say, I mean, I know Crowe and that, you've got a few favourites, but you don't have anybody go, book, lay down Mazir, that guy's going to just smoke everybody and mm. kill it all, and either in the girls or guys race. So Chrissy, you know, if she was here, you'd be going, well, the girls race, they're racing for second. The guys race, you know, there's, there's, there's a good handful of them that could win it. So yeah. um, I'm pretty excited about the racing this year. The other thing I think that's really cool for the triathletes, so you kind of have, well, there's a few different tiers of people here. You have that person who's, you know, worked, and I do like, we went to New Zealand this morning, and Andrew Black is the guy um, John was talking about a second ago, and, and Andrew's been an Ironman for how long? About six years? He's been doing Ironman, yeah, probably probably around about that, yeah. He's and he's been, been one of those guys who's worked so hard to get here, and he's had a few close misses and, you know, a few days that didn't go his own way, and, and you know, you get the guy like that who's been passionate about sport for such a long time, and he finally gets here, and, you know, it's that dream come true kind of factor, which I always love seeing guys like that get this opportunity, and then you get the, you know, the people who are kind of here every year, and for John mm. and I, you kind of, your triathlon community, a bunch of people, and you get to see them again, and there's that kind of bringing together of the community as well, which is really cool, eh? Yeah, so looking forward to catching a few people out on the boat tomorrow for the, uh, the Coffees of Hawaii boat, and we're going to have our aquathon, and we've got some Paul Chainsaw Link, has, well, has let's, talk about, let's talk sponsors first, and then sponsors. we'll talk a bit about tomorrow. So endurance sport travel, um, if you want to go to any race in the world and want more than just, if you want to basically take the, the relaxation to another level where you can just get on the plane, arrive, don't have to think about anything, those are the guys to look after you, especially when you come to Kona, there's so much running around, and, and if it's your first time here or first time at any race, you know, just going and getting the course knowledge and being dropped out to say, you know, you come to Kona, I want to go ride the back half of the course. Someone um, drops you off. They'll drop you off, pick you up. If you need your, your bike fixed, they've got bike mechanics, so they really take it to the next level. So check it out, Endurance Sport Travel, and, uh, and also Manulani. Taking Bevan down there tomorrow, and just an awesome, awesome place to stay. And uh, it's basically just just towards the end of the Queen K, so you miss out the the Queen K section of the ride from town out to there, which is probably the least interesting of the whole ride. Mm. But you can go do some really nice rides up to Harvey, up to Waimea. Um, there's a really nice climb just down at Waikoloa. We've got a 25 meter pool. They deal with a lot of athletes down there, so they know what athletes want and. Uh, just an awesome place to stay. So check out Manulani and we'll be film, uh, recording from down there tomorrow. Quick love to love a Java, O2 Creations, Audio Technica, and also we must say to our regular sponsors, Ethlinks.com. Yep. Coffees of Hawaii, we're going to be out there tomorrow. Extreme Endurance. Yep, people who are doing the Aquathon tomorrow are going to get some Extreme Endurance. Try, um, You're going to say Tri-Vise, weren't you? <laughs> 
Training Peaks. Now, I'm going to be posting a, a promo code. The promo code I am talk, which we normally have for Training Peaks, is good for now. They've changed it. So you can basically have a month free trial oh, really? of the premium version of Training wow, Peaks. Great. So it's going to be a Kona um, week special. sort of special. So if you've got a basic account or if you and you want to just upgrade and trial it for a month, use the code I am talk and you get the free premium for a month. If you've never signed up before, want to give it a crack, see what it's all about, use that code I am talk and you get a free one month trial of their premium version. Vision. Sounds like a good plan. So, Jombo, what's happening tomorrow? So tomorrow we uh, we're at a nice early start. We'll pop down to the, the down, down to the, the pier, and then we meet on the pier at seven about seven twenty seven thirty for all our people are doing the aquathon. We've got about. 18 people registered one person's injured um, who's going to be excuses at, already. yeah who's going to be sort of manning the uh, transition area and then we're going to it's got to be slightly modified this year we're going to, we're going to swim out to the pier in our wetsuits but as a warm up as a warm up yep. and then I'll be, we'll be starting people from out there some people will be going at a casual pace some people like Bevan and I it is game on. war game on war <laughs> it is war what is good for I've been. I've got my racing flats this year. You got your racing been doing flats. Transition practice. Oh man! Um, I'll be shaving down tonight. He's waxing. He's started waxing in front of me. What's yeah. that about? And it is all on. <laughs> hey, one thing that, that, that um just just as a side note for a plug for what we do is we, we've met quite a few listeners already while we're here, and not many know of Legends of Triathlon, which I can't believe. Yeah. <laughs> if you listen to the show, how do you not know of Legends of Triathlon? But um, you know, if you if you're listening to this and you've never heard us before, a you'd probably realise I talk fast, and b um, we do another podcast called Legends of Triathlon. It's been going for just about a year, and we do interviews where we sit down for around an hour to an hour and a half with real legends of the sport, the big owners. Yeah, yeah, and and she, the show's going really well, and people seem to love it. But if you've never listened to it, check it out because it amazes me. People go, oh, "I love your show." Yeah, have you listened to Legends? No, never heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, check it out. Legendsoftriathlon.com. So, so Bevan, we're going to come up with the handicaps tonight. You have no say whatsoever. You well, were last year was fair, two minutes, wasn't it? 40 seconds, and you're getting less this year. 40 seconds? was not. It was two minutes. It was 40 seconds. No, you're dreaming. No, I'm not. No, it was two minutes. I gave you 40. I, 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 I Granted, you're not the best swimmer in the world, but I cannot, I cannot take two minutes out of you in 400 metres. I, I think t- you did. No, I did not. I took 40 seconds out of you. We came out of the water, banged mm. together, and then you minutes. absolutely crushed me on the transition, yeah. and you probably crushed me on the run a bit as well. Mentally broken. So this year, it's going to be like, and I'm less fit this year. So am I, but. No, oh, come on. <laughs> you're, always, you're at the gym bloody 10 million times a week. I hate the gym. I never go, John. So you were getting, if you're lucky, I'll give you 20. <laughs> 20 seconds? Yeah. No way. Yes, way. No, because the whole idea last year was that, that, that the idea was we should get out of the water at the same time. Yeah. And we did. Yeah. And I, I haven't swam since that swim. Okay, I'll compromise. I'll meet you maybe 28, 29. No, Albert's the, the official. Yeah. Albert will back me. Come on, Albert. Come on, Albert. Swear Albert today. Sorry, you did? Yeah, yeah Albert's in good form. Hey, um, so what's on the show tomorrow? Tomorrow so, will probably be quite a long show, won't it? Quite possibly. So we're off to interview. Uh, we've got Luke McKenzie lined up. We've got Karen uh, Stefan. Herman. Herman. Come on, not Herman. Herman? Uh, Aaron? No, what are you talking about? I don't know. What's your man's name? Come on, John, this is, this is live. Bloody hell. He's the Australian guy. He's quite fast. And it's run the back of your head. We'll get back to it. David Dello. David there we go. Dello. There we go. Sorry, sounds David. Like a, sorry, like a, David, if you're listening. Sounds like a singer. Just, David Dello? Yeah, yeah. David Dello. Um... And who else? Might have, a, might have a little bit of Macca in there, maybe. And, and who we see out and about. And, and then, we, then we'll do a lot from yeah, the Aquathon. Yeah, and out and about. We seem to see pros out and about, and they always mm. kind of jump on. So, 
Um, that's pretty much Tacona Super Special Day 1 up. Remember, spread the word. If you have uh, any feedback, check out Facebook. What were we made on race day, I'm thinking, John? Because John wants to go out on the bike and I can't bother because it's horrible. Going no, to not, I'm just, just like only a few Ks out on the bike. Well, and when they're coming in or when they're going when they're out? When they're coming in. But then we'll miss the run. Come on, that first part of the run is cool. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Because I'm thinking we can use a lot of Facebook and keep in contact in the media room when the bike's happening. Yeah, nothing we're allowed to do that. <laughs> no, you're allowed, to, you're allowed to talk with your community about what's on I Man Live. We wouldn't be posting, we'd just be saying, what do you guys think? We'll see. We'll see. We have to make sure we're ticking with boxes. We've got to be good boys. <laughs> so anyway, that's, uh, that's, about, that's fast for today. We'll be back tomorrow. Pretty much over the next few days, we'll probably get the shows out, which are around two hours, so hopefully you've got lots of time to listen to us. Lots Slow of time down, Bevan. You're, you're in Kona and you're talking even faster. I'm excited, John. <laughs> Slow down. We'll be getting lots of shows out. Okay, so... Uh, I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. I can't slow down, John. It's hard. <laughs>